Today on episode 108 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, we have a simple solution for what at first appears to be a major problem, but it's probably not. Then I have a couple of cool emails from listeners, and this week's featured podcast will appeal to you if you're naturally skeptical. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Well, hello there. This is The Computer Tutor Podcast. On this podcast, I try to explain computer stuff in simple, everyday language. No geek speak here. I have a computer repair business, and I want to fix your computer. So if your computer has a virus or just about any other problem, there's a very good chance that I can fix it remotely so you don't have to bring it anywhere. If I can help, just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website. That's at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 108. So let's get started. This week's tip is probably going to be a little shorter than average. It's just a simple solution to a problem that comes up from time to time. What happens is you're browsing the internet, looking at various websites that you always look at, then suddenly on one of your favorite websites, you see an error message pop up on the screen. The error message says that this website's security certificate has expired. And you see there's all kinds of ominous warnings that you shouldn't visit the site because it's not secure. But this is confusing because the website you're trying to visit is a very popular and legitimate website like Facebook or Google. There's no way a huge corporation like those would ever let their website's security certificate expire. It just doesn't happen. Well, as it turns out, the problem is not with the website. The problem is with your computer. In fact, if you left that website and went to another major well-known website, you'd probably get the same warning message. To fix it, you have to fix your computer, but this is a fix that you can do yourself. If this should ever happen to you, look in the lower right corner of the screen at the date and time. What you'll probably see is that the date and time are wrong. In fact, it might even show a date from like 10 or 15 years ago. What in the world's going on? Well, first you have to understand how your computer is able to store the date and time. I mean, you could turn your computer completely off and unplug it from the wall outlet. If it's a laptop, you could even take the battery out. And still, when you plug it back in and turn it on again, somehow the date and time are still correct, right? How does it do that? Well, it's able to store that information because of a little battery inside the computer. It's about the size of a nickel. That battery provides enough power for the computer to remember the date and time and a few other things, even when the computer doesn't have access to electricity. In most cases, that battery will last for many years. In fact, a lot of the time, the computer ends up dying or being replaced before the internal battery runs out, so it doesn't need to be replaced. But sometimes it does fade out. I can't tell you why that happens with a few of those little batteries, but it does happen every so often. And when that happens, your computer's date and time are no longer correct. The computer's going to display some crazy date from years ago. So why does that cause the problem with the website that I mentioned earlier? 
Well, when you go to a website that has a security certificate, the first thing your web browser does, like uh, Chrome or Internet Explorer or Firefox, first thing it does is to make sure that the security certificate is current. It does this by comparing the date of the certificate with today's date, and it gets today's date based on the time and date that your computer thinks it is. If the computer has the wrong date, that's when the red alerts start going off. The computer cannot handle something illogical. So if the security certificate comes up saying it was created in September of 2014, but your computer says that today is only January of 2001, well, something seems suspicious. So the alert goes up to stop you from getting suckered into a website that might infect your computer. The immediate fix is that you can just reset the date and time to the correct date and time. And then the browser is going to be happy and you'll know that you're computing securely. But that's really only temporary because the next time you unplug the computer, the date and time are going to be wrong again. The real solution is to replace the internal battery. If you're a little computer savvy, you might want to try doing this yourself, but I know a lot of my clients would rather that I do it for them. Either way, replacing that battery takes care of the issue. Now, I have to throw in a disclaimer here. If you get a warning that the website's security certificate has expired, there is the small chance that it actually has expired. In that case, you're better off not visiting that website until they get things up to date. The date and time solution is not the absolute 100% of the time fix, even though it is most of the time. But at least now, you know about it. So if this happens to you, that's the first thing you should check. And now I wanted to read a couple of emails that I got this past week. And if you want to email me, you can do so at pctutor at gmail.com. First, I got this email from Hassan in Ireland. He writes, Hi, Scott. I am Hassan, and I do live in Ireland for a number of years, originally from Morocco. I've been listening to your podcast for quite a long time on the TuneIn radio app. I'm not familiar with that. I don't know what that is. I have to say, as a tech-savvy person, I did learn some computer tricks from you, and thank you so much for that. I'd like to ask you if you can make a few audio podcasts per week instead of just Mondays. Even only for 15 minutes each, you can talk about computer hardware as well as the computer software that you really like to talk about. Tips when buying new computers or smartphones or tablets, computer hardware or software repair, new tech gadgets, operating systems, plenty of subjects to choose from. Anyway, Scott, this is only a suggestion, and I would like to thank you again. You can mention this in your next week podcast if you like. Best regards, Hassan. Well, Hassan, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm glad you enjoy the podcast, but I can pretty safely say that it will probably just stay at one day a week. So far, in 108 episodes, I have not yet missed a Monday, but I have to tell you there are some weeks when I, I wonder how I'm going to get everything done. I do stay pretty busy with my computer business, and the podcast is just kind of a fun thing. Yeah, it does promote the business, and it actually brings me new clients, but it would be kind of hard for me to justify the extra time it would take to do the podcast more than once a week. But thanks for the input. Then I got this email from Mike in Michigan. You got to hear this story. Here's what Mike wrote. Scott, your podcast is a lifesaver. I have been using computers for personal and business use for 18 years and always feared losing my data due to a hard drive failure but I never had a backup till about two years ago when I got Carbonite. 
I listened to your podcast on how to create a system image backup, and that prompted me to purchase an external hard drive. That hard drive sat on my desk, still in the package, for a few weeks, and I got a feeling that I ought to get that done when I was having issues with my browser not responding on a regular basis. I did the system image backup, and I set it aside for almost a week and then took my computer into a local shop to get it checked out. They had my computer for three days, then called me and asked if I had a backup. I told them I had Carbonite and the external hard drive. They then told me that they could not boot up the computer and that the hard drive was bad. They could not get anything off the hard drive. I panicked as all my business information was in there, as well as five years of tax returns. And I scan all my receipts and then throw them away. I thought it was okay since I had Carbonite, but quickly found out that I had not properly checked all the files I needed backed up. And of course, my scanned receipts and tax files were not backed up. My only option was the system image backup that I had created only seven days before. Thanks to your podcast and the help of some IT friends I have, we installed a new hard drive in my computer, and after about three hours of system restore, I had everything back up to the day I did the backup. My backup was about 170 gigabytes, to give you an idea of the amount of information I had on there. Thank you so much for your podcast and the information you provide. Everybody knows to back up their data, but you explain in simple terms how to do it and that empowered me to get it done just in time. Forever grateful, Mike. Wow, talk about dodging a bullet. Can you imagine losing your business tax returns, your receipts, and whatever else is on your hard drive? You know, some of you have already done this, so if I asked you the question, do you have all of your important stuff backed up, you could say with confidence, yes, because Scott set it up for me. I do this remotely, and it only takes about 10 minutes. And I can also show you how to do the system image backup that Mike referred to, and that's the one that really saved him because his Carbonite backup wasn't set up properly. So if I asked you that question, is all your important stuff backed up regularly? What would your answer be? If it's, I think it is, or I guess so, or the worst answer, which is, no, I've never done a backup, you are taking a risk every single day. And it's a risk you don't need to take. Give me a call. Let me help you get it taken care of. And Mike, thanks so much for writing in with your story. I'm really glad you had that backup. And this week's featured podcast is called Skeptoid, and it's hosted by Brian Dunning. It's a great show if you're interested in a rational discussion of some seemingly mysterious topic or story. Obviously, by the very nature of a podcast based on skepticism, Many of the stories that were supposedly based in something supernatural or otherworldly are often debunked with some type of logical explanation based on the facts surrounding the story. But in some cases, there is no rational explanation, and Brian will admit that when that's the case. After you've heard a few of these, you'll realize something. He really does his homework. The episodes aren't very long. They're usually about 12 minutes, but they are packed with information, and he's done over 400 episodes you know, and what surprised me is how popular the show is. It comes out every week, and each episode gets downloaded over 200,000 times. That's a lot of listeners. Here's a couple of minutes from one of the shows. This one was about a plane that did an emergency landing in a river, and it was never found. 
You're listening to Skeptoid. I'm Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com. The airplane that wasn't there. This is the story of a World War II-era bomber that disappeared in broad daylight, during peacetime, with plenty of witnesses. Something like an ultimate magician's trick. It was 1956, and a B-25 bomber was on a routine transport flight, headed from Nevada to Pennsylvania to pick up some spare parts and also deliver a couple of passengers. As the plane neared Pittsburgh, a sudden loss of fuel was observed. The bomber ran out of gas, and with both engines out, it made a controlled belly landing in the Monongahela River. All six men aboard survived the landing, but only four were rescued. Two of the men died from exposure in the freezing January water. The real mystery is that the aircraft itself, in water that was scarcely deeper than the plane's tail stood from the ground, completely vanished. To this day, not a single relic or piece of debris has been found, despite extensive searching by numerous groups. Did the bomber manage to, almost incredibly, evade detection, or was it secretly removed? This particular plane was a TB-25N, a variant designed for training navigators, of which some 47 were made. Its serial number was 44-29125. After the war, it was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, from where it departed with seven men on board on January 30, 1956. One man, a Captain Tabak, stayed behind when the crew overnighted at Selfridge Air Force Base in Michigan. The remaining six crew left for Olmsted Air Force Base in Pennsylvania, a flight which should have required only an hour and 40 minutes. They left at 1.43 p.m. on Tuesday, January 31st, with three hours of fuel indicated on board. Plenty for this short flight. And if you want to hear the rest of that story, it's episode 355 of Skeptoid. You might have noticed at the beginning there was no musical intro or anything. He just introduces the show and starts talking about that episode's topic. I kind of like that. And the other really nice thing about it is that there are no commercials, and that's because the show is funded entirely by donations. To check out the show and all of the awards it has already won, along with Brian Dunning's biographical information, go to skeptoid.com. Dot com. That's S-K-E-P-T-O-I-D dot com. And of course, you can find the show on iTunes. And before I close, I also just want to remind you that you can always call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468 and leave a message. That line is always available every hour of every day, and it's never answered by a human being. So just call up and just leave your message and... Who knows, you might hear your message on this podcast. Or you can always email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that will do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website computertutorflorida.com and while you're there sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter if you have a computer problem give me a call at 727-254-9078 in many cases I can take care of a problem remotely so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida up in Maine or way out in California I'd love to help thanks again for listening and have a great week God bless